Good morning. Nice to see you all this morning. Welcome to church. Louisville First Assembly of God. Would you please stand? We're going to start with uh, a, a good old song this morning. I'm going to need some help. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Come on, I wanna hear you. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Under a bushel, no, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine your light till Jesus comes, shine your light till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, shine your light till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, shine your light till Jesus comes. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. All right, put your hands together. All right, one more time. This little light of mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, and I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, and I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All right. All right, well, that was fun. All right, um, now that you're all loose, you're all awake.
Lord of all, 
Go ahead, someone step out in faith to interpret. God will help you. Lord, none like you. Church, what just happened is just in the scripture, it's nothing weird. It's just laid out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. The Bible says that there will be tongues and then interpretation of tongues to comfort the church, to edify the church, and to give direction to the church. This interpretation must line up with God's word because God's word is the, the great authority. And today the Lord is just reminding us that there is no one like him, and you know that's true. There's no one like the Lord. But he also said until we surrender to him, we'll never understand that. So today I'm asking every one of us, myself included, could we just surrender to God and say, Lord, your will be done in my life today whatever you want is good with me today and let the Lord do something inside of you that he's been wanting to do for a long time have never received Jesus Christ as Lord or maybe you have a long time ago and you have not been living it and you would like the Lord to receive you today would you lift your hand and say Pastor Dan pray for me this is my day I'm tired of running tired of it this is it today can I see your hand I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is all I want to do. I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. I worship you, Almighty God. There is But today, are you ready for God to do something deep in your life? ready for something we have to have a spirit of expectation and I believe that we have that today can't wait to see what God's going to do would you just take a moment welcome one another get to know somebody bless somebody in the name of the Lord
ahead and be seated. Again, it's really great to see everybody here today, and thank you for coming to Louisville First Assembly. And we're just going to have a great day in the Lord's house. I, I truly believe this. And um, one of our sisters has a word here. Sister Kathy, what's, what's going on? Broken hearts. The Lord was healing broken hearts today. That's what he came to do. Read Isaiah 61. Read Luke chapter 4. And the Lord has come to heal the broken hearts. So thank you for that word. And I, I know we're going to hear what that's, who that was for. Awesome. We're going to continue the worship today through the giving of the Lord's tithe and offering. And folks, through your faithfulness and giving to the Lord, we're able to to reach out to our community in, in new and fresh ways. And one of the great ways we're going to be talking about today is, is uh, through the, the, the drama next door, the choice. Um, it takes money, it takes resources, it takes time and effort. And uh, through our giving, we're able, I believe, to see many come to know Jesus as Lord. That's what we're looking forward to. So gentlemen, would you come, please? And I uh, just want everyone in this room just to hold the tithes and offering in your hand as we pray over these and we're going to dedicate these to the Lord this morning. Heavenly Father, we are grateful today for your love. And we give today with a heart of expectation and faith, believing that many souls are going to come to know the Lord because of what we're doing right now. Lord, this is just the way you did it and you, you planned it in the word of God. That you would bless us so that we can make it possible for others to hear the good news. So that's what we're doing. We pay our tithes, we give our offerings. And Lord, we're believing that many will come to know Christ and many Christians are going to be strengthened in the Lord and also that the needs of our home are going to be met. And we thank you for this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Um, just a, a couple announcements. I really, really need your attention here um, because in the next couple weeks, we're really going to be focusing toward um, the resurrection day, toward Easter day. And um, it begins this Saturday. The, the very first presentation of the choice starts this Saturday. It's here. It's on us. And uh, that's at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh, the times uh, are, are in the bulletin when we're going to be doing this. But here's some changes or some things that we have to get ready for, I should say. First of all, hopefully we're going to be finishing uh, the construction this afternoon. If you can help us right after lunch at 2 o'clock and, and find yourself back here and let's just work hard and get this thing done. It, boy, it looks, if you haven't been over there, you, you're going to be amazed. Because of this also, we are going to be having church on Palm Sunday, which is next Sunday. We're having church over in the Family Life Center. The reason is, is that many of these chairs are going to be removed because we need chairs over there, which means that if, if you, when you're done today, if you feel young and strong and would like to just pick up a chair and take it next door, that'd be awesome, okay? Because every chair you take over is one chair I don't have to. So I hope you're all listening to me right now, okay? Because of this also, next Sunday, we will not be having Sunday school. No Sunday school next Sunday because chairs that normally we would use for Sunday school are going to be taken next door as well. So we will not be having Sunday school next week or Easter Sunday 
because we're having church over in the Family Life Center. Okay, we got it? Wednesday's still here. Yeah. Oh, we need chairs in here Wednesday. Don't take this section this morning. If you're going to take a chair, take this section next door. Leave this one for Wednesday night, okay? All right. We're going to thank, thank you for making that clear. That'd be really bad. You would take all the chairs over, and then I'd have to bring them back. That would be bad. Okay. Now, we also have, have a lot of tickets and, and of course, you don't need a ticket to get in, but this ticket's kind of cool because it's a reminder, and also it gives the, the, uh, on the back of it the list of, of our church times, because we're not doing this just to reach people for, you know, two weekends. We're doing this to reach people for eternity, okay? And, and all this information's on here, so take some tickets from the black desk out in the, in the foyer and uh, pass these out. Take as many as you want, but use all you take. Okay, that makes sense, okay? And then we are uh, in desperate need of uh, workers for the nursery. Uh, we're, we're doing this for presentations. We have about 50 people in our church that are involved in the presentation who are not eligible to work in the nursery because they're in the, in the, the drama. So we need somebody. This is, could be your way of helping. Some of you are helping by giving. Some of you are doing construction. If some of you could do a nursery, that would really, really be helpful. So, uh, Marsha, is there a place that they can let you know? Um, Okay, so Saturday afternoon and next uh, Sunday night on Palm Sunday night. Okay, Sunday morning we're having a regular church service, but Palm Sunday night we're having the drama, and then on Good Friday we're having the drama, and then Easter Sunday morning we're having the drama. Okay, four different times. All the information is in your bulletin, but we could use some real help uh, with the nursery. That'd be a real blessing. Okay, things are a little crazy in the next couple of weeks, so you're going to have to pay attention, all right? And, and I, I, I know you will, and I know you could do that. Sir. I appreciate that. And we have a gentleman's agreement with Milan's restaurant right here. And uh, they use our parking lot on Friday night. You guys might notice it. Um, but on Sunday morning, we can use their parking lot and other times as well. Um, so we don't want them not to have room over there when they're open for business. We don't want to make enemies. Uh, but at the same time, if you can, just park, park far away, park down this way, and uh, let's leave these closer spots for the people we're trying to reach. That's a very good point. Okay. If you are involved in this cast. If you're part of the, the, the cast, um, I would like you to come and stand here. We're going to pray for you this morning. Because I understand that when we go through something like this, boy, we could be under the attack of the enemy. All kind of things could happen, and we just need to pray. Pray, pray that uh, God's going to keep us healthy and uh, strong, and uh, that we're going to remember our lines. Right, guys? And our songs, and we're going to know our timing, our cues. Thank you, sir.
Okay. Now we, they said, now we need to ask for nursery workers because these guys can't do it. Okay. Look at all the workers out there. Man, we could have about 20 a night to do this. Okay. Guys, as you can see, there's a lot of people that have given a lot of time. A lot of time. And there's people sitting out there that have given a lot of time in construction. Okay, I understand that. Giving, props, money, food. And um, it, it's, it's just very humbling for me to see what, what God is doing. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. So we're just going to take the time and, and pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity coming up this week. We've been working for months, and here it is. We don't do this for us. We do this for you. We do this for those who are lost. We do this for those who need Jesus, that they will find the reality and the power of the resurrection, that they will make the right choice. It's named appropriately, and God, we pray that everyone will make the right choice to follow Jesus when they see this presentation. Lord, we pray for this cast. We pray that they will be healthy. We pray no sickness will come against them. We pray that they'll be walking in victory. We, we know the attacks of the enemy. We know it's real, but we know that the power of God is stronger and greater. And greater is he that's in us than he that's against us. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray, Lord, that for all the people that we have invited so far, that they will say yes. We pray for those who have received an invitation will come and, and, and find Jesus. Lord, we just want this to be the greatest harvest that this church has ever seen. God, we just trust you to do it. Lord, we pray for nursery workers to step up. We pray for construction this afternoon. And God, we're just believing that we're going to just spread the love of Jesus throughout this community. And many will come to know Christ as Lord. Lord, we thank you for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would all of you give all of these guys a good hand for what they're about to do? Amen. You guys go ahead and have a seat. Awesome. One more thing before we get into God's Word. We had a, a big meeting on Monday night with uh, the church staff and board. And um, a question came up that we need to address this morning. It, it's pretty exciting. And um, have, have you noticed that we've had some Sundays here where it's starting to get a little bit crowded in, in here? That's not bad. That's good. But it's also something that we're going to have to figure out what to do about. And um, our goal as leaders is to see all of our family members come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our family, our friends come to know the Lord. You mentioned parking lot situation. It's getting tight out there. I've had some of you come up to me and say, man, I couldn't find any place to park today. Um, so, so we just have an idea. We don't have a thus saith the Lord. But we have an idea, and we're just going to see how, how, it, how it goes, Okay. And uh, so we're considering for a while, beginning in June, to see what would happen if we went with two services on Sunday morning and um, see how it works with the parking lot, etc. Don't go home and say we're doing this. We're just trying to figure it out, and we're going to need your help this morning. 
We're thinking of having an 8.30 service on Sunday morning because some of you love to get up early and just get on with your day. That'd be awesome. We're going to have a, and that would be my choice. I'll probably be here for both services, you know what I mean? (laughs) But if I had to choose, I would choose the early one. Um, The interesting thing for the early service would mean that we would have a nursery but we would not have a full-blown kids' ministry at that service. So we're looking at 8.30, possibility, 10 o'clock for Sunday school, and then 11 o'clock we would have a service very similar to this service with kids' ministry, etc. As we would do this, we would have more opportunity to have some of our older children, say the 10, 11, and 12-year-olds, to join us upstairs once in a while for worship. And right now, we can't do that because there's just not the room. And if they were up here, they could learn how to worship by watching their parents worship. And then maybe every other week, they would worship downstairs uh, as the, the, the kids together. Um, so this is just an idea. So what we're going to do, I have a little survey. We're going to take three minutes to do this. Okay, because we have God's word. I would like some of you guys up here, and some of you guys, would you pass these out to everybody? Everybody, everybody in here gets one of these. And if you need a pen, we have a pen. Or pen, P-E-N, not P-I-N. We have a pen. Wesley always corrects me on that word. And here's what this survey says. That I would prefer the 830 service. Or I would prefer the 11 o'clock service. Give us an idea of your age, and there's, char- there, there's boxes here for ages. And if you have children, we need to know the number of children under 12 years old that you have in your family, but we just need one of the parents to fill that spot out. It's very obvious here. We don't want both parents to say we have three kids under 12 because we're going to read that and say there's six kids instead of three. And guys, when we get this, if there's four people in this church, only four people that say I'd be interested in 830, we're not going to do it. So we're just seeing. The goal eventually is to Work it out some way where we're all going to be able to come back together. We're not trying to have two different churches. Once a quarter, we thought we would come together and just squeeze in or maybe go to the Family Life Center uh, once a quarter and just have church together just to keep us all together. We're just trying to figure it out. I think the three minutes is up already and half of you don't even have your papers yet. Okay. We're getting there. Is there anyone that did not get a paper yet? Okay, back here on this side, my left, there's a whole bunch. Scott, I think there's still some in that section right there that don't have them. A 
Again, guys, we don't have a thus saith the Lord. Don't go home and say, what are they doing? We're just trying to figure it out. We need your help. Is there anyone that does not have a form yet? Okay, still, we have right here. And then pass them to the center, and these guys are going to collect them. Thank you. No, I have one. Here's one. Here's one. Thank you. Pass them to the center aisle. Paul? That's correct. Okay, here's how it would work. You'd go to the, if you, if you choose the early service, you would go to service first, and then you would go to Sunday school. People that go to the late service would also be in the same Sunday school but the parking lot would be thinner, and then the people that were there early would leave so that the people for the second service would then come onto the church campus and have room to park. So Sunday school will be right in the middle. There'll be an early service, and then Sunday school, and then a late service. So you'd either go to the early service Sunday school or the late service, or Sunday school and then the late service. Just an idea. We're trying to figure it out. If you think this is a dumb idea, you come up with a better one. Yeah, Jack. Okay, great. Perfect. Okay. There'll be full worship in both. The worship services are going to be very similar because we still want one church. We're not wanting two churches. Van will probably be in the second service. That's my guess right now. It's a good question. Here's the good thing, guys. The good thing is, it's going to be a lot easier to get workers on Sunday morning for kids. You know why? Because I've heard many, many times say, I don't want to work in the children's program because I want to be in church. Well, here's what we can do. You can serve one of the services and attend the service in the other service, vice versa. And, and it doesn't give up an extra day, and you're able to, to be in God's house worshiping with everybody else. Just an idea. So you turn them all in. Anybody need to turn theirs in yet? I think after that we need to pray. Get our mind focused again. Scott, you can just lay those up here if you would. So let's, uh, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are grateful today for your love, and we don't know what to do. We, we, need, we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We thank you uh, for, for this situation, and Lord, we believe that after we have our resurrection celebration with the choice that this need is going to be even greater. We just need to know what to do, and we pray that you will guide and direct our life and give us wisdom. And Lord, if this is it, that's great. If it's not, show us what to do. We'll follow. Lord, we'll, we'll follow. We just need to hear from you. 
God, we pray for these other needs that have been turned in through prayer requests today. Lord, David, uh, with a supervisor at Walmart, has cancer, starting chemo and radiation. Lord, you're bigger than that, and we ask you to take care of this. Lord, we pray for Tara Miller with Graves' disease, and she has uh, some issues in her body that she really needs a touch of God. And Lord, we're just trusting you to take care of these needs. But Lord, I'm praying right now, God, that you would just open our hearts and our minds, that we will get your word inside of us today so that we will be changed forever because your word is strong and powerful. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to also say Nick and Crystal turned in a praise report. A friend of theirs is taking them on an all-expense-paid vacation to Florida, April 6th through 12th. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Can they adopt me? (laughs) Would you take your Bible, please, and turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Today we're going to be finishing our series on the power of the resurrection. And uh, next week I'm really excited about preaching on Palm Sunday as I'm strolling through the Garden of Gethsemane over next door. Okay, it's going to be kind of cool. We're going to be, God's really, timing is, is great. So the power of the resurrection today and we're going to be focusing on the Holy Spirit. So if you uh, could follow along as I read, please, John chapter 16, and I want to read just two verses right now, verse number, well, three verses, five, six, and seven. Jesus said, now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me where you're going, because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. Remember, the Lord walked with them for three and a half years, and now he's leaving. He's he's saying to them, "I'm, I'm dying, I'm getting ready to go. Back to my father. But verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, and this is the Holy Spirit he's talking about, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We've been having a good time this month reviewing the purposes of the resurrection. Week number one, we talked about the power of forgiveness because of what Jesus uh, resurrected. He, he came out of the tomb. And the power of forgiveness means there's no condemnation. That when we have sinned, the Lord forgives us. There's no condemnation. We don't have to walk around with guilt anymore. He cleanses us and sets us free. The second week, we talked about the power of healing and, and, and how the, the Lord has authority over all sicknesses. Then we looked last week at the power of authority breaking the strongholds of our life. And man, the devil just knows our weaknesses and wants to come against us. But we have authority over him in the name of Jesus. Today we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. This teaching in John 16 took place after, right after the Last Supper. He had, he had communion with his disciples in the upper room. And they're going to the Garden of Gethsemane. And on the way, they're walking through the garden. And Jesus is beginning to teach them these last few nuggets before he is going to die tomorrow. This happened on Thursday. He's going to die on Good Friday. What would you say if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? 
And Jesus is telling them, guys, it's better for you that I go to my Father because if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit. But if I do go, I am going to send the Holy Spirit. And it's better for you that I leave so I can send the Holy Spirit to be with you. So that's what we're looking at today. I think the Lord is excited here and we need to see what he's talking about. As we begin this morning, I just want to say, personally, without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I would not be half the man I am today. It's the Holy Spirit that convicted me of sin many, many years ago that caused me to follow God. It's the Holy Spirit that came upon my life to anoint me for ministry. The Holy Spirit has given me wisdom to, to marry the right woman. And boy, I did that well. The Holy Spirit has given me wisdom on how to guide my children and how to watch over them and how to provide and take care of them. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives me the strength every day to walk a victorious life. I'm not perfect, but I'd be a whole lot worse without the Holy Spirit in my life. But my life is not the focus today. And since we're focusing on the power of the resurrection, I want us to see how the Holy Spirit impacted the life of Jesus when he walked on this planet Earth for 33 years. By doing so, we're going to see this morning if Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit, boy, I sure need the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want us to see as we begin today. That every one of us, the moment that we receive Jesus Christ as Lord, He puts the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And I'm thankful that we all have the Holy Spirit in us if Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But we're going to see that we need more than just He's with me. We need to know that His power is working inside of me. And we're going to see God do some great things this morning. I believe it. So maybe we should start at the beginning and just remind us that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's part of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. He showed up in the Old Testament on several occasions. And now we're going to see in the New Testament that everything changes and we're living in the New Testament days. So we're going to answer three questions today, okay? Three questions. Here's the first question. How was the Holy Spirit involved in the life of Jesus? Question number two. What did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Question number three. How can I have the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? That's where we're going today. Question number one. How was the Holy Spirit involved in the life of Jesus? Guys, if we know our Bibles, we understand at the very beginning that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, the Virgin Mary, and she was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And the birth of Jesus on this earth happened because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So he came here because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus as he was water baptized, and the the Spirit of God came upon him like, like a dove. So we see that at the beginning in preparing him for his ministry. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness so that he could learn to be victorious over temptation. So that if he could be without sin, he's showing us that we can live without sin. And I know that's a far stretch, but that's what the Holy Spirit is all about. The Bible says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And after 40 days, he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
He became stronger when, when he, he faced temptation of many kinds. And he, he resisted that. And he stood for the truth. And he stood for God. And the power of the Holy Spirit was working in his life. And then Jesus stood up and he began to preach that day early in his ministry. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He understood he needed the power of the Holy Spirit in order to minister. His ministry was just filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts 10.38 that he himself was anointed of the Holy Spirit. Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do what he did on this earth. He needed to spend time with God. He needed to spend time with the Holy Spirit touching him. The word says in Hebrew 9.14, He died by the Spirit. In Romans 8.11, He was resurrected by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit was working in Jesus' life the entire time He was on this earth. Philippians 2 verse 7 said that Jesus surrendered His divine powers so that he would lean upon God and show us the necessity in, in our life that we need the power of the Holy Spirit as well. So folks, let me just say right now, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit. So we better be asking, how can I have the Holy Spirit working in my life? That's question number one. Question number two, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? What did he say about the Holy Spirit? Right here in our text this morning in John 16. And if we would just take time to scan verses 7 through 15. We would say, see that Jesus said the Holy Spirit was the counselor. And we all need wisdom. Said that he was the convictor. You know that bell that goes off when you're about to do something stupid? That's the Holy Spirit saying, man, I love you. Don't do that. I love you. I'm trying to protect you. And the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. The Bible says in verse 13 in our text that he's the spirit of truth. If you want to know what truth is, and it's interesting, because even Pilate, and we're going to see it next week, he says, what is truth? Well, truth. The Holy Spirit shows us what truth is. The purpose of the Holy Spirit in verse 14 is to bring glory to Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit moves on this earth and miracles begin to take place, it's all to reveal how great that Jesus is. It's not for how great we are, but Jesus. And then the part that I love as well, in verse 15, the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of the Father to His children, meaning this. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, and He takes truth, and He begins to instill it inside of our spirit. So we can know greater things because the Holy Spirit's in us than you can before you're a believer because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and he gives those truths to us. We need the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus said. That's why Jesus said the Holy Spirit was here. So then as great as it would be for the disciples to have Jesus walking on planet earth with them, and that would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be cool to have a cup of coffee with Jesus? piece of pie walking with him talking with him knowing him as awesome as that would be jesus blew them away on the day before he was crucified and he says here in our text again verse number seven it is good it is for your good that i'm going away unless i go away the counselor will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you as good as it was walking with jesus 
Jesus said it will be better when I go to my Father because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit not on one person but on all mankind that would open their heart to me. See, here's, here's the thing. When Jesus was on this earth, he was at one place at one time. If John was over here and Peter was over here, Jesus could not be with both of them at the same time. So Jesus said for mankind, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to my Father, but when I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can be with John over here and be with Peter over here and can be with Dan right here. And that's why Jesus said, it's good that I go. Folks, I want us to understand something. The presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is available to every one of us. That's the beauty of the resurrection. That's the power of the resurrection. Jesus said, when I'm resurrected, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be upon mankind. Mm. I love this. Up to this point in history, the Holy Spirit only came upon certain people for a certain time. Gideon, at one point in his life, Gideon in the Old Testament and Judges, he was clothed by the Holy Spirit for a season. King Saul, the Holy Spirit came upon King Saul, and the Bible even says this, he was changed into a different person for a season. We see Ezekiel had the hand of the Lord upon him. God was upon his life for a season. But folks, we're not living in Old Testament days. We're living in the New Testament days where His Spirit is to be with us and to be in us and to be upon us. And the power of God is to be revealed through our lives all day long, every day. Man, I love this. Folks, one of these days when you get to heaven and you're sitting across King David at the marriage supper of the Lamb, I know he's going to say, what was it like to have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you? And we're going to say, well, I didn't even really know it. It's time that we rise up and be men and women of God. It's time the church rises up and becomes a church. We are not weak, we are strong. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church as the church goes forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. That was free. Folks, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, everything changed. And in John chapter 14, this is just 10 minutes earlier in the conversation that same night. Jesus said to them in in John chapter 14, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here in verse 17, calls him the spirit of truth, and he says this, he lives with you, and he will be in you. That's something totally different. They never had that experience in the Old Testament. They knew God was with them, but in them, that's different. And folks, I want us to understand, I, I, don't think we ca- I don't think we got it. I don't think we've caught it. That the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. In you, in you, in you, in you, in you. In you. Me? Yeah. Imagine the creator of the world inside of you. Imagine the giver of life inside of you. Imagine the one that has overcome all temptations inside of you. The one who's all-powerful. The one who booted Satan out of heaven. He's inside of you. The one who empowered Jesus to live a sinless life is inside of you. He's inside of you. And that's the power of the resurrection. Jesus ascended. The Holy Spirit came down and changed everything. But then, 
But then Jesus, after he was raised out of that tomb, before he ascended into heaven, he shared with the disciples another dimension of the Holy Spirit. He postponed their ministry. You, you, know, you know the story. He said, I want you to go and win the whole world. I want you, well, 11, you 11 guys, go win the whole world. But don't do it yet. You're not ready yet. You walked with me for three and a half years. But there's another dimension of the Holy Spirit that I want to share with you, 11. That's going to help you and enable you to do everything I've asked you to do. Boy, if they said that, if they said that to you, what do you think you're going to do? <sighs> I don't think so. You're on the edge of your seat. Say, okay, bring it on, man. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. So here, here we go. Here's, here's what Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 24. Would you go there? The last chapter of Luke, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And right before this happened, just right before Jesus ascended into heaven. In verse number 45, Luke 24 and verse number 45, here's what Jesus said. He opened their minds, and I'm praying that's going to happen to each one of us today. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Okay, that already happened. It just happened. Okay. And repentance and forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he's saying, that's what I'm asking you to do. You are witnesses of these things. But gentlemen, he said, this is how it's going to happen. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. That's the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He said, guys, there's a whole world to reach, and I want you to reach. I want you to preach all nations. I want you to tell the good news, but don't go yet. You're not ready. You need the gift, the promise, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. This story continues in the book of Acts chapter 1. Would you please go to Acts chapter 1? Acts chapter 1 is really an extension of Luke chapter 24. And Jesus, in that same occasion, getting right, right before he ascended into heaven. I mean, these are his last, last 90 seconds on earth. He said this in verse 4, Acts 1, verse 4. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Get this, he already spoke to them about being filled with the Spirit, but, but there's something different. And he said in verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? That you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Here's what Jesus said right before he ascended into heaven. My Father has a gift. He promised it to you. And it's going to give you power of the Holy Spirit. In context, we look back and we understand that Jesus is promising these guys power over temptation. Aren't you thankful that you have power over temptation? That we might be able to walk in victory down here? 
He's promising them that you're going to have power to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It's not enough to say, oh, I'm going to heaven. My name's in the book of life. Just let me sit in a corner somewhere. He has called this church to reach his community or this church would not be here. That's bottom line. But he's also called us in this context to have a new prayer life. Paul in Ephesians 6, 18, he says, pray in the Holy Spirit. Jude 20, pray in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26, you need to pray with groanings you do not understand. The Holy Spirit is praying inside of you with groanings you don't understand. And 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul said, pray in the understanding and pray in the Spirit and sing in the understanding and sing in the Spirit. We need to understand what that is. We're going to unwrap that in just a moment. Which leads us to Acts chapter 2. The fulfillment of God's promise. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost came, that was ten days later, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know what I prayed for this morning? I prayed, and I'm waiting to see if it's going to happen. I prayed that a great big flame of the Holy Spirit would come right out of the ceiling and just begin to spread and touch each one of us. While they were sitting. Well, I thought you had to jump and shout and everything before. They were sitting down. They were hungry. They were expecting. They were looking forward to the gift. They didn't know what it was. They were not seeking an experience. They never even heard of speaking in tongues. They never even heard of that. They were just seeking God. They were not looking for some, oh God, give me this, give me this, give me this. They were, the Bible says in verse 11, they were declaring the wonders of God. They were worshiping God. They were praising God. They were loving God. And the power of God fell on every one of them. No one was exempted. I'm waiting to see that flame fall. Hope, would you like the flame of God come up on your life? She's sitting here with eyes like this big. I want the flame of God. I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God in your life. Guys, we can't make it without the Holy Spirit. Some of us, what we've been experiencing calling ourselves a Christian is not really what God wants. It's kind of down here. We need to be up here. We need the power of God. So the third question, quickly, how, how, how did they prepare to receive the promise of God? In Acts 1.12, they were obedient to the spoken word of God because Jesus said, go into the city and wait, and they obeyed what Jesus said. Obedience is very important. In verse 14 of chapter 1, they, they gathered together in prayer. You have to pray. You've got to seek God. In verse 20, they were obedient to the Scripture, and Peter began to read the Scriptures and say, there's something we need to do. We need to line our life up with the Scriptures. And then in chapter 2, verse 1, man, there's a spirit of expectation and unity, and the power of God, boom, came down upon them. Turned Peter from a weak man into the strong man. Turned the disciples into people. The Bible says they turned their city upside down with the good news of Jesus. They were filled with a greater boldness than they ever had before. 
Miracles took place all around their city. Multitudes were saved. Missionaries were sent forth. Incredible things took place when they received the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their life. And all of this happened without Jesus walking on the earth. It's when the Holy Spirit came and rested upon the church. That's the power of the resurrection. Let me ask you a question. Do you want the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life? Man, I do. I do. Why wouldn't you want something that could help you be the you that God wants you to be? Why would we resist something that's going to enable us to be the person God wants us to be? I don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. Are you scared? Are you unsure? You don't have all the answers? Guys, let me tell you, those in the upper room had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what to expect. Promise from God? Okay. A gift from God? If it was from God, it must be good, don't you think? Why is it quiet in here? I, I know why it's quiet. I'm just, that's a rhetorical question. If it's a gift from God, it must be good. So they didn't know what to expect. They weren't looking for anything in particular. They just wanted God. They just wanted God. And folks, the greatest times in my life with the Lord is when I came just wanting God. God, whatever you want. And God touched me. See, this could happen to us today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I want to remain thirsty for the things of God. So church today, I'm not asking, you know, do you want this experience? you want that? you want? I don't. Here's what I'm asking. Do you want more of God? I don't know. It's kind of a weird question. Do, do you want the fullness of the Spirit? Do you want to walk in God's power? Are you not satisfied with your Christian walk? You love God. Your name's in the book of life. But man, you, you know as well as I do, there's something missing. I'm telling you what's missing. We, we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the resurrection. That's what Jesus provided for us. And it happened while they were sitting. Cornelius' house in chapter 10, Acts. As Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit came down upon them. Totally interrupted his sermon. I'd be okay if that would happen here. I'd like everyone to bow their heads, please. Close your eyes. Kind of a different sermon, I know.
Heavenly Father, today we have all gathered together. We've had a season of worship as they did in Acts 2.11. We were declaring the wonders of God. We have obeyed your scripture. We have worshiped you. We are now coming expecting. And God, I pray all around this room today that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to fall on lives. Church, what I want you to do, man, I, I just want you softly and quietly and in your in your own mind, maybe your hand, head in your hands. And I just want you to begin to pray, and I just want you to seek God. And as you're ready and you're expecting something from the Lord, there were some times in the scripture that they were seated, but Acts 19, Paul laid hands on people and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And for a few moments today, without a bunch of hype, as you're seated and you want something fresh from God, and you might already be walking in that, so I'm not talking to you right now. But if you want something fresh in God and you would like me to lay hands on you and just pray for the, the release of the Holy Spirit in your life, I want you just to come and just stand here and, and I'll, I'll pray with you quickly. But I want you to come with expectation. If you want prayer, you, 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 when you're ready, you come on up. And then we're going to sing and we're, we're going to close here in a little bit. But right now we're going to focus on this.